We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. 48-36, Boston over the Mavs, 8-28 to go in the second quarter. Trista, 13 points for Porzingis, 11 for Drew Holiday. Jason Tatum, just 0 for 3, 2 points. Silent. Yes, it is. This is why he's not an MVP. It's just He's just not. I'm sorry. There's a bunch of them on the floor at any given time that can take over. Kristaps Porzingis has been awesome. This matchup is tailor-made yep. for him. They just basically drive and kick at three, and he's just wide open, deep trays. Uh, also, Golden State down four with five minutes to go and left in the second quarter. I've got them on the money line. It is slightly concerning. Also, Charlotte. Also, what's concerning for Charlotte, I've got them uh, – Plus 11.5, but I also had them under 100.5. They have 80 points minutes left in the third quarter because, of course, they do. 78, <laughs> 74. Yeah, I got to be honest. I, uh, I, I, thought, I thought for a second I saw Toronto plus three at one point today, and I thought it's a letdown spot for the Warriors, maybe, and then I said, no, nah, I can't do it. Not my Warriors, Trista. Not with the way they're playing. Although, you know, I've now become a Heat Our fan games. with the way that this team is playing. Brendan Tobin, Job's on with us. 560 Sports in Miami also tapped out on BetQL as well. But I love this Heat team now, man. Like, I, I do. Even as a Knicks fan, the rivalry is not a rivalry anymore. We go way back for that, so it doesn't matter. But, like, watching the way that they now play defense, it feels like the Miami Heat team we remember. And I know offensively it hasn't been – it's been a struggle at times, especially recently, even through this winning streak, this all – you know, the games they've had. But, like – I look at it and go, well, Tyler Hero's healthy once you get to the playoffs. They didn't have him for majority of that run last year. Terry Rozier, if he starts to consistently score for them and do what he's done in his last two stops, this team can be better offensively than where they were last year. Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. I really think that this team is better than the team that went to the finals last year. You're in the middle of it. You hear this every day. You watch this team closely. What do you think of this Heat team right now? I think uh, they they went through some real struggles uh, at parts of this year. Part of it was that they couldn't get everybody together. But even when they had everybody together, it was it was weird because they had this weird hierarchy problem with their scoring because it was very much like, you know, still trying to make it Bam and Tyler to like carry in the regular season when everybody knows Jimmy Butler's still the best player on the team. And they go through this seven-game losing streak, and it's finally like just dawns on these guys who have been playing together for five seasons. Oh, yeah, we realize it's Jimmy Butler, it's Bam Adebayo, then it's Tyler Hero. And it was just – it was weird that they couldn't get to that pecking order playing with each other for so long because all the other pieces – I agree with you. There are some pieces that make them a little bit deeper and, and make them uh, more intriguing and more versatile in certain playoff matchups. But they had to figure out – you know the, their top guys first and and then how all those things fall in line and you know simple enough it is hey jimmy butler is even though it's a bit of a you know lazy river of him to before he just starts to, to pick it up in the regular season that time came and they uh they started playing a lot better but certainly there has been um more emphasis on the defensive side which spo has been very happy about when everyone's healthy who's in the starting lineup it's a great question, Trista, because I think their answer was just going to be, you know, Terry, Tyler, Jimmy, Bam, and then go with Nikola Jovic. But Duncan Robinson has been playing so spectacular as of late, and it's it's so interesting to see his relationship with Eric Spolcher because it's a guy who's basically gone from the wonder child who was a D3 guy to a $90 million contract to not playing 
And now Spoh's like, well, we're just, it, you know, he he can't ignore how much better they are, how much better the numbers are with him on the court. So that's going to be the interesting thing. I cannot see them benching Tyler Hero because that's that feels like it's going to crush his ego more than anything. I don't think they're going to do that for Terry because they just trade him. So the only coin flip is, do they bench the rookie Jovic because, you know, he's going to be the good soldier about it? Or do they just keep Duncan Robinson coming off the bench and uh, go in that direction? But the only swap I potentially see once everybody is healthy is Duncan Robinson, I guess, essentially being there for, but sticking with a uh, with a Tyler Hero, Terry Rozier backcourt. So, Brendan, you got kind of this log jam right now from the four spot in the east down to the eight spot where the Heat are. And it's you know, we're looking at literally a game, game and a half difference between the four and the eight spot. Where does Miami stack up in your eyes right now in the Eastern Conference? Um, I mean, I, I think, like, look, everybody is is marveling at what Boston's doing. They've had in this good run that they've had since turning around the win streak, I would say three matchups against true title contenders, uh, Denver, the Clippers, and Boston. Those are their three losses in this whole spin. They've been competitive games. I mean, they've stuck right in them. There's been some, you know, injury adversity for both teams on both sides and that. So I do think that there's something to Miami still having that that ability to make a deep run if they get into it. I'm still a little queasy about what the Bucks have become and if they're going to have this all with Doc Rivers. Spo usually coaches circles around Doc Rivers, no matter the uh, the teams and who changes there. He just seems to have a big advantage there, and we'll figure things out. Obviously, you know the Sixers. It's it's all dependent upon Joel and B, though they've had success in series against them before. Um, Cleveland's interesting. I mean, it, it's just a matter of, you know, everybody sees the talent and I think, you know, with their size has some like Denver stuff that could give Miami issues. Uh, you know, Denver definitely has probably the best blueprint to slow down Miami, but as an Eastern conference team, they probably have a lot of those elements that could give Miami some troubles. It's just a matter of, do you believe in what they've done this regular season, being able to translate into the playoffs? So I, I just think the reason everybody is is still giving Miami a puncher's chances because the guys who are kind of on the rise, the Knicks too. Um, if the Knicks are, you know, what they were before everybody got hurt, when I watched them in the playoffs last year and, and watching that series with Jalen Brunson, I really did think like, man, if they got one more piece, they'd give Miami a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a matter of, you know, are they going to be all physically right? You mentioned the Cavs. One of the things that is a big vulnerability for the Cavs, Brendan, is just their offense. At times, it feels like it sputters. Very similarly to that match he had with the Knicks, where it was just a brick fest. Uh, Miami fifth in defensive rating right now in the last five games, but offensively, like Nick said, just kind of middle of the pack. That happened, though, last year in the postseason, where they were shooting 33% from three-point during the regular season, and then damn near 40% in the playoffs. How does this team turn it up offensively when the lights get bright? Not just a scheme-wise, but how do they do it with these guys this year? It's a good question because, you know, they don't have a a ton of guys who can, you know, be ignitable from three other than Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Um, And obviously you're going to have some defensive letdown with having those guys on the court. Terry Rozier, uh, we can all kind of see the idea of Terry Rozier in the good spots, but he has not shot well since he's traded over here. Um, he said all the right things. He hasn't been a bad character guy or any of that stuff. It's just he just hasn't been making shots. 
So uh, on that side, you're, you're going to have to, uh, you know, lean on to, to Jimmy. And, and Bama has definitely picked things up from, you know, a, an aggression standpoint and being able to get to the free throw line a lot better. But they know what their identity is going into these playoffs. They're going to make it ugly. You know, some fan bases on NBA Twitter will say they're borderline dirty. We all see the montages that they put together to, uh, you know, to try and uh, to try and, uh, and call the heat out. But that's how they like it. They, they like to in a, in a league that is, you know, going with these crazy offensive numbers. They don't have those guys. Jimmy Butler's never scored 40 points in the regular season for the Miami Heat. And then when it gets to the regular season, when it gets to the postseason, I think he has nine in his career. You know, 13 of his top 15 playoff scoring performances are with the Heat. His top uh, in regular season, he has two in his top 15 of his career. So it just shows you kind of how he knows to uh, to to go to a different level offensively for them. It has become almost a running joke, this whole when he turns into playoff Jimmy thing, but there is a, a veteran savviness to it. He knows how to build himself up in that regard and when to, to kind of get into that mode. And when he gets to the playoffs, he turns into a different player offensively. Hey, any idea if Tyler Hero is going to play against the Jazz this weekend? He's still questionable. I don't. I'll give guys a text maybe early from Spoh's press conference tomorrow when I'm there, but uh, I don't. This is actually a little concerning because he has mentioned, you know, first he was dealing with uh, a foot that happened in the All-Star break when he was on vacation, um, and then he slipped at the start of the road trip. He slipped and kind of hyperextended his knee. He was freaking out about it. They got him an MRI. They said it was fine, and then so we thought this was all a knee as to why he was sitting, and then come to find out, he's telling reporters that no, it's the foot thing that's still from the vacation from the All Star break. So I think they're gonna be pretty cautious with Tyler, um, just because you know they don't want to uh, they don't want to bring him back, and I think also there's a little element to hey, it, it 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 makes the rotation decisions a little bit easier. The Heat have a lot of soft matchups this upcoming month so suppose going to get a little bit of a luxury there but i don't know i will sneak you guys though if i get any uh inside word before uh tip tomorrow i'll let yeah. you know if i if he if he looks good if he's uh warming up but um yeah certainly they they do want to get him back and it's a huge i mean there's not a there's not a guy who has more personal pressure i think in this in this roster than tyler because he's sick of being in rumors every single year he wants to prove his playoff worth to the heat he hasn't done that since he's 19 years old yeah, and I was just about to ask you about that. Like, there was but all summer long for the Dame trade. Doesn't happen. Uh, is Tyler Hero now safe from trade rumors? And and how does the emergence <laughs> of Jaime Jaquez coming in to the mix and really just delivering almost like Jimmy Butler 2.0 vibes uh, alter the Heat's plan for someone like Tyler Hero? It's very interesting because weirdly enough, I had like the Heat's marketing guy on this year because uh, this week because they were talking about, uh, you know, they had like some family fest. And I remember when Tyler Hero was like the marketing darling for the Heat. And that is now flipped because now they're all about Jaime Jaquez. Like he is beloved. He's already done like every autograph signing. They love Jaime Jaquez. They're all about him. I would have a hard time believing if this is a Heat team that honestly if it doesn't even end in a championship i i would have a hard time believing they're going to run it back with bam jimmy and tyler once again they're gonna have to shake something up just because this is year five of those guys playing together and yes tyler has had inconsistencies of either injuries or just poor performances in the playoffs he's the obvious guy that they would go to 
So that's why he's got the most riding. I mean, Bam is is like Mr. Heat. They've loved him since he's walked in the building. They've they you know Alonzo Mourning. I remember him telling me when he was twenty, he's like, "We're gonna raise his jersey in the rafters." They he's he buys into all Heat things, and you know <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Unless like they pull a swerve and change Jimmy Butler, I I don't think they're going to trade him. You know that he says this is where he wants to end his career. So yeah, that just it always just by process of elimination always gets back to if they're gonna make a big move, it's gonna be Tyler. And that's why, you know, he probably wants to be as physically right going into this postseason because there's a lot riding on it for him. Talking to Brendan Tobin, bet MGM in a couple minutes here. I want to get to the Dolphins with you. Uh, is this going to be an offseason for them where they're aggressive in free agency? Is it going to be more of just kind of, you know, shoring up some spots? What are, what's that going to look like for them? I don't think it's going to be a very aggressive offseason. Uh, off season for them from an external standpoint uh they got two big contract questions that they got to answer one of them is christian wilkins who bet on himself last year and you know they they had a big time negotiation that went back and forth he they they didn't want to pay him because they said he wasn't a sack guy well he goes this year and he gets a whole lot of sacks and now they're up to well we're going to franchise him or they're going to have to extend him he's as irreplaceable as I think it gets on their defense. So they're probably going to have to go around and pay him. Uh, and then the, the big question is too, if whether they're going to the lock, him, they're going to lock him up and, you know, GMs don't say a lot of interesting things at, at these combine press conferences because they don't want to show their cards. But Chris Greer did say one thing that I found was interesting. And that was that, you know, him and Mike McDaniel personally very much believe in him. They do think that he can hit another level. Um, which would lead you to believe they are going to invest in this guy. They're not going to look at some crazy answers. There's, he's a very polarizing player that gets, you know, the fan base debating. I mean, it's, you know, the easiest thing in the world. Do you think Tua can be an elite quarterback or not? So those are the really the big questions. I mean, things that they have to really answer are probably some things on their offensive line, but the home run trades, a Tyree kill type or Jalen Ramsey type move. I don't really see that, uh, coming in this, uh, in this, in this off season for them. Yeah, one one question about the defense. You know, that Vic Fangio parting of ways was very strange. Obviously, a lot of players came out on Twitter, you know, we'll never forgive Vic Fangio using us. And the defense was kind of all over the place. You mentioned Christian Wilkins. Like, what should we expect from the defense this year under Anthony Weaver? I'm curious, you know, you know, they bring him in over from the Ravens. And, you know, I think that the the one thing that's interesting about him is he seems like the first guy that really has a tie to the head coach and I think is going to listen to the players. And that's that's all Mike McDaniel. Like, he listens to his players. He gets their input. And the defense just didn't feel like they had that. And Mike and actually Jalen Ramsey have a pretty close relationship. I think he was just frustrated by the idea, well, I can't do anything about it because Vic Fangio has all the control. So, it was a weird marriage to begin with. I'm not that surprised that it came to an end, even though the defense showed out a little bit towards the end of the year. But, you know, for for this, I think it's going to be more player input and a little bit more versatility from their DBs. There he is, Brendan Tobin, 560 Sports in Miami. Great to talk to you again, man. There you go. All right, uh, Trista, uh, I, I will say this. Yeah, I think, I, it sounded like we lost the sound from him for a second. Yeah, that was weird. It had no sound. I was like, okay, well, then we'll just keep going. You know, I love technology, but we count on the damn technology, and then technology lets us down in life. That's the way that it goes, though. It's Bet MGM tonight.
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.